Good evening. It is an absolute pleasure to be here this evening and also such a great honor to be able to present a word from God, uh, a lesson from God's word um, to his people. Preparation or to make ready before is something that we as humans do on a day to day basis. The things that we prepare for come in different forms with different implications throughout our lives. Preparation is a vital component to strategy. From something as trivial as a football game to the seriousness of a job or promotion interview to the severity of or consequences of military strategy. These events for which we are preparing will have widespread implications that can affect our lives and the lives of, lives of those nearest to us on this earth. But what about eternity? What about eternal life? We as Christians must continuously prepare for something that is far more dire. Our encounters with Satan. Satan will be endless. Our encounters with Satan will be endless throughout this life and throughout our time on this earth. But that is not something that we need to be fearful of. While Satan is a formidable opponent, the deck is heavily stacked in our favor, just as it was with the Israelites when they were obedient to the Lord. As Romans 8.31 says, If God is for us, then who can be against us? I use football game as a simple example of the concept of preparation because it is a sport in which you can prepare for the person that you are facing directly. A common form of studying your opponent for football is watching game film of them performing to see how they do and to be able to prepare for their habits or tendencies throughout their game. If we take that example to a more serious level, let's compare that to our adversary, the devil. Satan is an incessant enemy. Satan does not rest from his efforts to tempt humans into sin. Both times the Lord asked what it was that Satan was doing in Job, he responded with the same the same words. He says, the Lord is, uh, he said, from where have you come? Satan answered, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. In other verses, we see that he's, he's looking for someone to devour. Um, also, Satan is an impartial tempter. The devil does not care who you are in your life. He has no regard for whether you are tremendously successful in your career or you are really selfless and serve your community uh, continuously. It's not something that he cares about. His sole desire is to lure all humanity into sin, to cause a separation between us and our God, as it says in Isaiah 59, verse 2. Here in 1 Peter 5, 8, reads, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. That is his entire goal and his entire purpose. And that's all he wants to do. Also, he even had the audacity and the arrogance to tempt the Son of God. The, one of the few beings that was in existence before him. He was there when our current reality was brought into existence. In Luke 4, 1-2, it reads, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. 
Satan also likes to strike at our weakest points, at our weakest times. After Jesus has ate, had ate nothing for 40 days in the wilderness being tempted, the first temptation outlined there in Luke 4 was the devil uh, had approached Jesus, striking at his hunger by tempting him to prove he was the son of God by commanding the stone to become bread. There in verse 2 through 3, he reads, And he ate nothing during those days, and when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil, knowing this, said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. By preparing for our encounters with Satan, um, knowing how he operates, his motivation to draw us away from God, then we can be better equipped to overcome our true adversary. But there's more to do to prepare. We must know ourselves. Knowing yourself is generally important in all facets of this life. In the realm of preparation for a football game, a team will watch a film, watch film of their own team performing, both to cr critique their performance from play to play and to see if there are habits that un the other teams may be able to pick up on. This allows individuals to know what their own detriments are and how to improve upon them or overcome them entirely. We need to be able to embrace our weakness. Throughout our lives, we will all experience or discover some form of personal weakness, whether it be physical, emotional, or spiritual. We must embrace that weakness and use that to further trust in our Lord, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am made strong. We must be aware of what tempts us individually. If possible, go out of our way to avoid those things that we know are likely to tempt us into sin. As a simple example, if you have a history of abusing alcohol, but you're sober, it's not in your best interest to go somewhere or hang out at a social gathering uh, where the, the area will be overflowing with alcohol. It's just not in your best interest because that's something that you could avoid. You can avoid the situation entirely. We must also conduct ourselves carefully. We must be conscientious of what we're doing all the time. You must not endeavor in vain pursuits uh, of personal glory or of greatness or acclaim. These don't matter. Um, they won't be with us whenever we leave this world. We must always strive to continuously do the will of the Lord and please him and live our lives to please him. We need to know our enemy and we need to know ourselves by our strengths and weaknesses. But we also need to know our creator. Since we know first that our enemy is trying to pull us away from something and we know our weaknesses and what to avoid, we need to know what we are turning to. We discussed in the Wednesday night class that one of the aspects of avoiding things of this life and lust of the flesh is to be, fi be so filled with the word of God that we have no room for anything else. To do that, we need to know what we are doing. We need to know that we are doing the will of the Lord. And we must make a concerted effort to seek his will throughout the Bible and find what he commands us to do, how he desires us to live our lives. We need to know our creator. And in part of knowing the Creator, we must know the Lord's will in order to carry it out. 
His will for our lives is there to be found in the Bible, if only we seek it with an open heart. In Ephesians 5, verse 17, it reads, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Since Paul is saying understand it, it's clearly there. Um, Paul wouldn't say that you need to understand it if there's no way to understand it. We also must know our Creator in knowing that temptations can be overcome. When we are tempted through the power of our Lord, we are always able to overcome those temptations. The way out may not be the easiest way, or as society sees it, the cool way, but that is not who are we who we are seeking the approval of. In 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, uh, Paul states that no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. In knowing our creator, we must also know that sins can be forgiven. Um, we, when we do fall short and commit sin, our Lord is faithful and just to forgive us. Despite the mistakes we make, our creator can forgive our sins and forget them in a manner that we as humans are not capable of. If only we approach him in prayer and earnestly confess those sins and repent of them. In 1 John 1, 9, it states, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us uh, our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We also need to be aware that we are not alone in these earthly battles that we are encountering. Let's continue with the comparison of a football game. We have teammates. We have a church family that is always there to encourage us and assist us. During preparation for football, much trust and a sense of reliance is gained by enduring the preparation for games together. To the same token, the local church family is a support system planned to be set in place by God even before the church was created. We need to know our brethren. When an item or tool is sharpened, it is made more effective for its individual purpose. A relevant definition for sharpen is cause to improve. And synonyms hone, fine-tune, or perfect also seem very relevant to this context. These speak to how we can help our brethren in the work that others are doing in the kingdom to make them more effective. As in Proverbs, it states, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. And knowing our brethren, we must encourage one another. Paul, writing to the church at Thessalonica, regarding the day of the Lord coming, in preparation for that day, we must be an encouragement to our brethren, ensuring that they continue the straight path leading to the narrow gate of salvation. In 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it reads, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up. And knowing your brethren, we must also stir up one another. On merriamwebster.com, the first definition for the phrase stir up is to cause someone to feel strong emotion and desire and a desire to do something. As the context it's used in, in the Hebrew letter, this definition fits perfectly. And the, another part of that verse that is really important to encouraging one another is not neglecting to meet together or uh, not forsaking the assembling. When we do not attend worship, there is no way for us to gain encouragement from it or to encourage our brethren. Hebrews 10, 23 and 24 
reason, let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. While knowing your enemy, yourself, your creator, and your brethren is important, above all, if we do not first know our Savior, then what will we gain? The relationship we have with our Creator was made possible by the tremendous actions of our Savior Jesus Christ, the Son of God, by His inhabiting a body of flesh, living as a human without sin, and then dying on the cross as a sacrifice for us all. To enter this relationship, we must be baptized into Jesus' death as the Christians in the first century did. We need to be prepared to face the battles with temptation in this earthly life so that we can win the war with Satan at the end of our lives and gain the ultimate reward that our Savior died for. In 1 John 2.3, it reads, By this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. These are simple things for us to know in order to help us be more prepared for the daily battles. But ultimately, the battle belongs to the Lord and true victory is in Jesus. Do you first know your Savior and have you kept his commandments? If anyone is here and wants to make that commitment and enter a relationship with our God through baptism into Jesus' death, if, or if you haven't been living your life as you should and you feel that you need to make a public repentance, Please come forward and make your needs known to the saints here as we stand and as we sing.